Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello, folks, and welcome to the A to Z Sports Big Orange Podcast. I'm Charlie Burris, here as always with my co-host at A to Z Sports, not just Tennessee writer anymore. Zach has been uh, conscripted into bigger and better service with A to Z. We're, they're blowing up. Uh, five new cities that A to Z is moving into. Zach is is writing some for kind of all of that. Uh, exciting opportunity for you, Zach. We'll talk about that in a second. But wherever you listen throughout the world, thank you so much for listening to us. We talk about everything balls every week here on the Big Orange Podcast. And if you want to listen to it on the reg, go over to the A to Z Sports Podcast Network feed on Apple, Spotify, and subscribe because if you subscribe you won't miss an episode and then youtube 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 go to the youtube a to z sports on youtube and subscribe there you can see zach and me and Vern lundquist behind me Vern, the perpetual guest on the show he doesn't say much but he is here um and you can see it on the the youtube channel at charlie underscore burris at zach tnt on twitter at a to z sports on twitter and instagram facebook.com slash a to z sports nashville and it is esports.com for anything and everything. And here is the news that dropped this week about A to Z. If you are a Pittsburgh Steelers fan, if you're a Cincinnati Bengals fan, I know we saw during the Super Bowl, there are some Tennessee fans who are Bengals fans. Hello to all of those folks. Um, where else? Tampa Bay, mm-hmm. um, which I'm going this week for the SEC basketball tournament. Um, and where else? I, I'm missing Chicago. A and to Z uh, is- did you hit Green Bay? Oh, Green Bay. Green Bay. And uh, yeah. Plus, there was already Kansas City and Dallas. Yep. A to Z Sports. Getting, uh, building that profile. Going to be ESPN Zone, man. This is, we're on the way up. I don't know if we'll be ESPN Zone. Honestly, hopefully, we're not ESPN in participating in a dying medium and mm-hmm. with a bunch of reporters that are totally irrelevant. But nonetheless, Tons of new cities, really exciting. And Zach, you you're right in in the middle of it. But uh, that's been your week. What's up, man? Yeah, it's uh, quite a week to start all that because with the NFL uh, draft scouting combine going on, lots going on in the NFL world last week. So trying to keep up with all that as well as as Tennessee stuff has been it's been fun. It was a uh, was a lot going on last week. So a little bit of a reprieve this week where news isn't trickling in quite as fast uh but yeah it's been a lot of fun it's really fun to get to dive into some of these other teams and some of the storylines surrounding those teams i mean that's kind of what we do uh it's it's not really beat writer coverage there's enough of that that you can find it's the stuff that people miss it's it's the the deep dives into stuff the fun stuff the things that maybe people laugh at uh maybe get people mad 
just depending on what the take is, but it's a lot of fun. And it, it's been a really enjoyable just to see A to Z grow and uh, continue to grow here over the next uh, few months and years. It has really been incredible because I, I've known Austin and Zach for a good long time. I went on originally onto their radio show. I don't know if, like, if people realize A to Z Sports was a radio show first. A to Z, Austin and Zach. Um, so did, and do people know that? <laughs> it's Austin and Zach, A to Z. No, not. Um, I mean, sometimes people don't realize that. Austin's talked about that a lot on different podcasts and on their show before where people think that it's like, oh, we cover everything from A to Z. But it's, <laughs> which will eventually be true, I guess. Yeah. But no, that's not how the name started. I mean, it was... uh. Yeah, like awesome. you said, and they had they had a radio show in Nashville, and the way that I got to know them originally, I was on that radio show, and then they, I believe, they got fired <laughs> from that radio show to some extent, and then they started A to Z Sports as a website and and everything, and to just see it from before it even existed to now, unbelievable. The guys have done a truly incredible job with this whole thing and and they uh you know they throw me a few shekels to to work for them and hey i'm happy to do it because this is a ton of fun uh and congratulations to them on on the growth and to you zach on on your involvement in the whole thing but let's get down to brass tacks here tennessee sports obviously that's what this podcast is about this week has been a remarkably good week for tennessee sports um basketball beats Georgia, then goes home and beats Arkansas. Now, they almost fell apart there. We'll talk about that in, in just a second, but they did ultimately win. And then baseball goes to Houston for for the Shriner. Was it the Shriner College Classic? And uh, and then goes two and one, loses to number one Texas, but then whips Baylor and whips Oklahoma. Also, they kind of supplant themselves as one of the best teams, I think, in America saw some of the national baseball writers sort of saying like, looks like Tennessee's the real deal yet again. That's very encouraging. Um, and then we're going to finish the show by talking about uh, Nico. We're going to get to this part. Iao uh, Lamaliav. Look, we found out the true pronunciation of the kid's name, and it's not what you think. <laughs> We're going to talk about that in just a bit. But first, Zach, basketball squeaks it out, does not get a piece of the SEC championship. Auburn gets it all to themselves, um, and congrats to them, I guess. But uh, fun win over Arkansas, even though they almost blew it. Any thoughts uh, on on basketball this week going into the SEC tournament? Uh, well, for starters, I, I really wish Tennessee would have been able to to get a piece of that conference championship if nothing else just to keep from that Stephen pearl video of him oh. dousing everyone in the restaurant they're in a restaurant there in auburn douses everybody with champagne standing on a table it's it was typically i mean if you know Stephen pearl or you've seen him you know it's just typical Stephen pearl behavior i saw a great tweet from from brian brian rice uh who hosts the morning show there with eric ainge in knoxville and he said you know Stephen Pearl is a perfect example of somebody born on third base and they, they think they hit a triple and it could not be a better <laughs> description, but hey, he, oh, oh, yeah, go ahead. Well, 100%. I mean, I, I could not agree more 
just douchebaggery of the highest order. It it was a video that looked exactly like the uh, the one with Patrick Mahomes' wife. Yeah, actually, so I wrote, I wrote I kind of wrote about that uh, <laughs> on the Chiefs part of our website because look. The, the Mahomes family does some silly things, right? I mean, Jackson Mahomes is is a pretty annoying character. And there's jokes to be made about Mahomes and his fiance, like the video of them at the basketball game and this and that. But ultimately, they're like anybody else's family. Everybody has family members and, and people that you don't, you don't particularly love at times. And I, I do feel specifically Mahomes' fiance, I think, I think she gets a little extra heat tossed on her for stuff she does at times. Like I saw the champagne video and I, I didn't think that big of a deal about it. I was like, okay, why would you do that? But they won whatever move on. There's like dozens of headlines about it the next day. And Stephen Pearl does it, you know, it's, it's, it's not creating that type of media storm. I wish it would. Cause Stephen Pearl truly deserves it. I, I don't I know. Tried. I'm, I tried. <laughs> I'm you and Good on you. I'm I'm torn on Mahomes' wife because I actually have. It's kind of funny. I'm sympathetic to a certain extent because one of my closest friends in the whole world, he's actually married to a girl who's like a like an influencer. Without getting mm-hmm. too specific, I I don't know that she's so big that anybody that listens to this would know, but she's very much in that world. And I just know that he, I I get it. Like he my friend has that same stuff happen, but without the fame of being Patrick Mahomes, like he has to, if they go to the beach, he has to stop everything that they're Mm. doing and like take an Instagram picture and like do a whole thing. And it's hilarious, but also like, it's just sort of a thing that happens in today's world. Like one of my best friends has a similar situation and he's not Patrick Mahomes. So like, I'm kind of sympathetic. The brother, on the other hand, the brother to me is very reminiscent of, of Steven Pearls. Just like, you don't mm-hmm. do anything. Yep. Why are you here? <laughs> what are you doing here? And, and you know, Steve just gets to hang out on the bench there and get whatever probably sweet six figure paycheck that he gets there. Um, And he does. Yeah. I mean, he does nothing. I, I don't even know if I should tell. I worked at a golf course back in the day that he would, Stephen, Bruce and Stephen would, would come to. And I'll I'll say this without getting too specific because I don't totally remember what happened and I don't want any something to happen. But he did some stuff. Stephen did some stuff that got him banned from being able to get uh, a tee time because the golf course was like, we can't let this guy come anymore. Uh, it's because he's a nuisance. <laughs> so uh, he got at least suspended from making a tea time. I remember it well. And and that's why, I mean, good Lord, that that guy, calm it down, buddy. You We know you're not your dad. You're riding those coattails hard. Shut, you know, shut it and get out of the way. It's annoying. I'll, I'll ask this, though. What, because I've seen the debate on Twitter, does the SEC regular season title, how much weight does it hold? I mean, it's all about the tournament, right? That's what you remember. I mean, Tennessee fans remember. They, they shared it a few years ago, right, with, with Auburn, yep. wasn't it? So, I mean, it, it, it's a, you know, it, it shows what you've done all season long. But the S, winning the SEC tournament is what it's all about. So, I, I don't think it warrants that type of celebration. He celebrated like they like won a national championship. That's yeah. when you spray champagne or or an SEC championship. I think, yeah, especially yeah. for Tennessee, with how long it's been, 
uh, since an SEC championship. I'll spray some champagne. That's it. Definitely warrants that, as far as I'm concerned. But yeah, the regular season, you get to cut down the net, you get a T-shirt, and that's all nice and fun. We did it a few years ago, but uh, yeah, I mean, it's not that big of a deal. Um, even though it is a nice little feather in your cap, but that's about it. Uh, and and so we just uh, here on this podcast, uh, we condemn um, Stephen Pearl and all of his actions and who he is as a person, and that's our statement on the matter. Um, and, what do you think? We'll, uh... I'll what do die you think on that about, hill. What do you think about Tennessee's SEC tournament draw? Have you had a chance to, to really dive I, into that? I think you're essentially, unless you have a really bad loss, you're essentially assured the semis. Um, we'll play either Mississippi State or South Carolina, two teams that you've beat. You beat both of them, you beat on the road, even at their own home venues. And so you should absolutely beat them again. Uh, and so you reach the semis, you're probably going to play Kentucky unless mm-hmm. Alabama pulls an upset. And then I think it's perfect if you get to play Alabama again. I think Tennessee matches up well with this Alabama team. They're kind of similar similar teams, but Tennessee is better. Tennessee is just deeper and more balanced. And so I don't like it if you have to play Kentucky, but I think if you get through Kentucky, you beat Auburn already, you beat Arkansas already. The chances right there, and I obviously the chances are that's who you're going to play is either one of those. So, you know, I I, I like it's I it's about as good as you're going to get. I would I would put it that way. You've you've beaten Kentucky in a semifinal game in the past to make the championship game. So like you kind of have a been there done that element to this whole thing. And so uh, the semis are obviously the minimum. If you don't make it there, we're going to have problems. But you know, on, on the whole, I like it. It's it's going to be a really fun tournament. I'm going to be there going down on, on Wednesday, and I'm so excited. It's my favorite thing to do every single year. If you've never been to the SEC tournament, please, please go, because it is so fun uh, to just get there, get to sit and watch basketball for 12 hours straight, and you just lose yourself in the, the pandemonium. It's fun. But uh, no, I, I mean, I think it's all there for Tennessee. They're good enough to win it. Just will they actually do it? We'll see. Have you seen the the twenty four seven sports put together a, a long article about their prediction for every single game in the SEC tournament? Have you seen any of that? I don't think so. Yeah. So they they interestingly they have Vanderbilt going to uh, getting through the first two rounds, beating Alabama, and then losing to Kentucky. They have Tennessee beating South Carolina, of course, getting to the semifinals, like you mentioned, and then semifinals they've got Auburn and Arkansas, which is what you'd expect. Tennessee, Kentucky, top four seeds. They've got Arkansas beating Auburn, and then they've got Tennessee losing to Kentucky, who they have as the eventual winner of the SEC tournament. So, I do think, talent-wise, Kentucky is probably the best team. But uh, I think Arkansas is the best coached team. I think Eric Musselman, out of all of those coaches – is probably the best X's and O's coach. I mean, look at that second half. The adjustment mm-hmm. that, that that guy made totally threw Tennessee through a loop. He did an excellent job in, after they kind of got their teeth kicked in in that first half. And I I do think Musselman, he's a better coach than Bruce Pearl is. A better Again, a better X's and O's coach. Bruce has more talent than Arkansas has. Um, Jabari Smith can carry you anywhere you want to go, frankly, if he has a great game. Uh, but Musselman's a better coach. I could absolutely see it. 
that I don't know. That Tennessee Kentucky game is just a total toss up. Kentucky should win. Asterisk next to should. Tennessee can win. But it, you know, if if you ask me straight up to predict that, I I think Tennessee loses and I think that game. But let me say this: I thought Tennessee was going to lose what three years ago when they beat Kentucky in the semifinals. So you know, uh, that's that's really neither here nor there. But if if they're fully healthy with Washington and Wheeler and Shibwe and all of those dudes that you know Kentucky annoyingly has. Um, they're really good, man. They're they're a Final Four team. I think as much as it makes me truly ill to my core to say that that they're good. It's a really good basketball team. That, ugh. that but is what it is, you know. Yeah, I mean, I, I think once you get down to those last four, it really could go anyway. I think Tennessee. What what I've seen from the past few weeks from them, I mean, they feel like a Final Four team, a possible mm-hmm. Final Four team. They have the they have everything to make it there. They just got to hit shots and. and the offensive rebounding was kind of maddening at times in the Arkansas game. That game didn't have to be that close at the end if they just do a better job there. It that was rough. That was really the, the really rebounding rough. in general. Really, that's yeah, um, uh, yeah. They just totally lost the ability to rebound in that that second half, and Arkansas's adjustments on defense just totally killed us. But I. It's weird to say, I might be as optimistic as I've ever been about a Rick Barnes team at Tennessee about this one, because I actually think this team, it's not nearly as top heavy as the Grant and Admiral teams were. I think this team's actually deeper, because mm-hmm. when you look at at all of the ancillary pieces, that's markedly better than those Grant and Admiral teams. I mean, and just like the the sort of late season additions of I do, A do, A do, and and Brandon Huntley Hatfield playing better and kind of the rebounding ability that he brings in. And then if you can get a decent game out of some of those uh uh like um Victor Bailey and uh you know some of those dudes, this team, when it's all working is probably the best one Rick's ever had. As crazy as that might be, it doesn't have the best players. Grant is the best player that he's ever had, and that's easy. You could just give him the ball and he would score. It was amazing. But on the whole, the balance, the depth, and the talent all combined, this is probably his best team ever. I believe, actually, didn't this team finish with a better SEC record than the one that won the SEC? I think it did. I haven't Um, checked, but I was... You know, I was... I was pondering asking you that question this week if you thought this team was better than that Grant Admiral team. And and I kind of hesitated to because I didn't know – I hadn't really seen a lot of debate about it. I didn't really know how people felt about that. I didn't know if that's a if that's a really crazy question that just gets you a lot of what are you even talking about because I kind of feel the same way. And it, it's a lot – has a lot to do with what you said, the depth. I mean, that's what wins you games – in March is when you, you know, you get in guy in foul trouble unexpectedly and it doesn't sink your whole team. And it feels like something, something this Tennessee team can overcome or if a guy's just not effective one day. Yeah. I mean, I saw some people saying like this team is their weakness is closing out on teams. I really disagree with that. Um, it feels yeah. that way 
And I, I think there was a ton of recency bias on Saturday because they played so poorly but in that they, second you, half. You still closed the game out. I mean, you didn't exactly. let it slip away. It's a tough team. It's, it is. You're into March. It's the end of the regular season. Arkansas is not. They, they're not laying over. They want. They've got a lot to play for. You know, they're ranked right there where Tennessee is. They weren't. They weren't ever going to give up and just go away, even when Tennessee yeah. was up, however, twenty or whatever. Like that wasn't going to happen. I mean, they Tennessee this season has been incredibly effective closing teams out. It's one of the most impressive things about this team uh, to me is that they go on the road to like South Carolina, who's pretty, who's a decently tough team. They're they're better than I think they looked against Tennessee the two times we played them, and and they just laid the wood to them. And they even in the second half. And there were games like that where they did just sort of put their their foot to the floor and and kind of run over teams in second halves. Mississippi State was another one where it's a team that's probably better than their record shows. And Tennessee, I don't want to say they didn't have any trouble with them. It was a tough, gutsy win. But like they closed that game out. And they won the game, you know, and they the only game I would say they quote unquote like blew this entire season was that game at Alabama. But in that mm-hmm. game, Kennedy Chandler didn't play. It was who it was Kennedy Chandler and was uh, one other player was out. Was it uh, was Josiah still out or no? Vescovy was out, I think. Maybe. I don't know. Okay. I'd, I'd have to go back. So much has happened since then. Yeah, that, it, it feels like Tennessee. Fulkerson had COVID. That's what it was. That, yeah. It feels yeah. like Tennessee's played a couple of different seasons. I mean, you had the the promise of after you beat Arizona that in that losing Alabama where we were everybody was getting kind of down, starting to get down, like, oh, we've seen this before. We know how the season goes. And then in February, where things really took off again. It's like three different sections of the season. This is the first team under Rick that I felt like is truly peaking at the right time those grand admiral teams were great early in the season and then the the, you know the team that was number one all through the middle of the season and they they were good all the way through this team it just needed time to become cohesive i think you you were running the risk early in the season of like this could fall apart and it didn't and that's it's all credit to them because they did such a good job not letting that happen not only did it not happen, but they really built on what they had. And it's, I, I think it's the first time I've said, I always say this about basically like every Kentucky team Calipari has ever had because they're so young every time. You watch them early in the season and they'll lose to, you know, East, North, Northwest Tech State in like the second game of the year. And you go, oh, this is going to be a bad season for Kentucky. But maybe by the end of the season, they might be really good. And a lot of times they are because those it's just hard to come immediately into college basketball and be be great. And I think this team just needed time. They just needed the season, and they are playing some of their best, best basketball right now. You just beat Auburn. You just beat Arkansas. You've beaten Kentucky. You've beaten all these great teams. Still, Arizona has only lost, I believe, one other game besides Tennessee. One, if I'm thinking correctly. At most, two. I, they might only have three losses. Um, you beat an excellent Arizona team unbelievably impressive what what this team has done just pulling it together yeah, it's, it's probably the best resume Rick Barnes has ever had with the team yeah I, they they did have didn't the number one team beat Gonzaga early in that season um oh yeah yeah I think so and, and so that which was I think similar 
But I think they had so, a couple of year. losses that weren't as flattering, if I recall correctly. Yeah, and and they totally avoided they totally avoided any bad loss. Mm-hmm. Tennessee doesn't have a loss outside of in the net rankings. What what is referred to as a a Q one. Tennessee has only lost those sort of top tier games on the road at Arkansas, at Alabama. At Alabama is their worst loss. Texas yeah. Tech has has ended up being really good. Villanova has ended up being really good. Like, I uh, you know you you even see right now, especially with like Villanova, like the guy that killed us in that game, Colin Gillespie. I think I watched that game. And I was like, we're letting this short little dude like. Stick it to us. He's an All-American at the end of the season. He ended up being excellent. <laughs> He's like one of the best players in America. And so you just, you ended up getting beat by teams who, I don't want to say you should have lost to, but that it's at least understandable that you might not win against. So it's it's been as pessimistic as I was at times during the season. I am infinitely impressed with the, with the quote-unquote turnaround, I guess you might say, although they never really had that bad of a moment. Um but we were we were having that conversation as SEC play started where if SEC play doesn't go well it's going to be a tough scene for Rick you know and i think that's that's very real and if he loses in the first round of the tournament that's still kind of going to be the case um you know if you have a horrific loss like that but i all credit to him you know i'll i i never called for Rick to be fired as much as people think i did i never did but let me say, I'll, I'll eat some amount of crow here and say, amazing regular season. Now, let's see it. This is, this is the real season. At the end of the day, win the SEC tournament. Go, go to at least the Elite Eight in the NCAA tournament. And then I will truly be impressed. You got to do things that have not been done at Tennessee. That's it. That's what, that's what I'm asking. Um, it's going to be tough, but good luck. Yeah, to- yeah. <laughs> If if you don't get that far, the whole season kind of feels like it, it's for nothing. It's just another fun ride in the regular season. So definitely time to get past the second round and 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 make a real charge at something. And I just man, you see the excitement around baseball right now, the way the baseball team's playing. I so want to see that for this basketball team going to like a final four. Can you imagine? Mm. how hype the whole entire fan base would be if they're where's the final four at this year i, I don't even know uh, but what, whatever city it is would be totally taken over by tennessee fans it's, it would be I, so fun let's see it is in is that new orleans oh wow oh, yeah baby. can you imagine a bunch of tennessee fans Ooh. out on bourbon street yes <laughs> please we want a winner so bad so 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 bad and to that point, let's do talk quickly uh, about baseball. They lose to Texas uh, in the opening game uh, of their, their set of games at Houston. And then, uh, I believe, was it 10-4 against Baylor and 8-0 to against Oklahoma. This team is this team is real, man. And and you almost you almost got the feeling. So that Texas game was actually going pretty well. Um until they took out Burns in the fifth inning. He was pitching so well. And they take him out and they put in who was it? It was not uh it was Sewell, Camden Sewell, and Sewell just fell apart. And then and then Texas rammed in a bunch of runs kind of all at once. And it 
and even after the game, Vitello said that he sort of regretted not riding with yeah. his guy who was playing so well. And so you look at that game and kind of just a different decision at that inflection point. And I think you're right there with Texas too. So the, I, you, you just saw, again, I, I said it earlier in the show, you saw national analysts for college baseball going, hello, somebody, Tennessee is good. This is a good baseball team. They absolutely waxed Baylor. They absolutely waxed Oklahoma. And and if that game goes a little bit differently, they would have been right there with Texas, who's number one and and just really great. So, hey, everybody, don't don't get too excited. But I think you you can get excited about baseball. <laughs> it's they look good, man. They look really good. Yeah, it was two things that kind of stood out to me this weekend. One, the discussion about taking Burns out. If you look at social media right after that decision was made, it's just a flurry of tweets about, you know, people complaining and all these people replying of like, there was a pitch count and you don't know anything about this and that. And this was Vitello's plan all along. And then Vitello basically just like shut all that down unknowingly after the game. He's like, yeah, I probably should just rode with the guy. And it's just kind of a realization of how, and we're all guilty of it. Some hot takes on Twitter where we're, we are certain that we we have it figured out and then you hear a coach say the complete opposite and you're reminded that no none of us are real experts on these topics uh and we don't know you know the coaches they have their plans they're not infallible sometimes they they don't make the right decision and that was a good example of that the other thing that's really stood out is i've seen a lot of tweets videos of tennessee pitchers and on social media this weekend and they're almost not almost all, but a lot of them, I see the video and I'm used to seeing stuff like that on my timeline. Obviously I follow a lot of Tennessee related accounts, fans, official accounts, whatever. That, that's usually who those tweets are from more and more. I'm seeing these tweets from like national outlets, like pitching ninja, Rob Friedman, who does a great job with, with his Twitter account. A lot of these other accounts tweeting about Tennessee pitchers. So, and Tennessee baseball in general, it's really cool to see how people are really noticing Tennessee and they're kind of getting that national respect just based on what we've seen from them this year. Yeah, I, I think it's it's the difference between, oh, this team is a fun upstart and, oh, this team is good. Mm-hmm. Like, in the last few years, it's kind of been like, oh, hey, look, Tony Vitello's doing a good job. They're They're pretty good. And now it's like, okay, you made the College World Series and this team is really good yet again. And in fact, the pitching is probably even better because two of the best pitchers are still out with injury at the moment. Although Vitello said that, I, I'm not sure exactly what he said, but he indicated that Tidwell would probably be back by the end of this month, which is really exciting mm-hmm. um, and just obviously bolsters that bullpen even more. Um, and and so you had even better pitching, which is really what was missing last year. The offense was excellent last season. And then the pitching just couldn't keep up when you got to those really good teams in the College World Series. But now you got that pitching, especially with a guy like Joyce who can come in and just lock down with these 103-mile-an-hour fastballs that, and stuff. That it's video... That video of him, it's it's a 101-mile-per-hour pitch. And if, if you follow baseball or if you've watched it over the last five to six years, especially at the MLB level, that, that high fastball has become a big weapon of, of, of starting pitchers. 
and they are relief pitching in general. And they like to they like to guys they like to see that ball close to eye level. And if you throw it up there near a hundred, it, it looks real appetizing, but it's really hard to hit. But it's also it's a tough pitch to locate. Joyce is hitting one hundred and one and putting that. It looks like the pitch is still rising when it comes across home plate. And that's nearly impossible to hit. And it ends up, you know, like their neck or something, and they can't lay off of it. If you can do that, I mean, that's a guy that could pitch an MLB right now. And that, that might be crazy to say, but I think he could be drafted and spend less than a year in the minors and be called up. Like, that That plays at the MLB level. I don't think that people realize how impressive what he's doing is. And I think it's why you've seen, you mentioned Rob Friedman, pitching ninja. That's why he's been posting about Ben Joyce so much. Mm-hmm. Is because what he's doing is kind of unheard of in college ball. Like it's pretty rare, and you know it, it's why you saw a ton. He was he wasn't as much of a of a heat thrower, but it's why you saw a ton about Kevin Copps. Like last year, you watch that guy and you go, "That is a pro pitcher." You watch Ben Joyce right now with with his best pitches, and you go, "That's a pro pitcher mm-hmm. right there." I mean, he is doing it, and to to be able to throw with that kind of heat and not have it be erratic is so crazy so count your blessings while you got them don't this i think with this baseball team right now i think we're edging on i always said this a ton when grant and admiral were with the basketball team enjoy it while you have it you never know how long greatness in sports is going to last it could Mm -hmm. be gone next year and like with grant and admiral it was there was a big drop off the year after and so enjoy it while it is here this team has great pitching this team has incredibly exciting offense and man, I obviously we'll see exactly how it plays out in SEC play, but there is no indication so far that this team will not be able to hang in the SEC and probably should be right near the top of the league. And so enjoy it while you have it. Please, please, please don't don't let it slip by you. Don't don't become Alabama fans with Saban and just be, oh, it's gonna be like this forever. You know what I thought about this weekend? Cause it was so funny with Shashevsky losing his final game. To, to North Carolina, which was so funny. Like, the way that they built up all of that, all day. College game day did three hours of nothing but Krzyzewski talk. Like, I could understand. He's one of the best ever. I could understand allocating a full hour of college game day to Krzyzewski and just being like, we're going to do a tribute to Mike Krzyzewski. Three hours. The only thing that they took off in the entire show was the half-court shot because it's, like, sponsored by State Farm or whoever, and they had to. The rest of it was just this (laughs) – their kids listening, I apologize. Just a circle jerk about (laughs) Coach K. I mean, it was just appalling. Um, And (laughs) then he went out and he lost (laughs) North Carolina. And the thing that it made me think of was if – like, if we were North Carolina – in that scenario, I mean, you're just going to cherish that forever. That's one of the greatest wins in North Carolina history. It just at in front of all those celebrities with all the hype, Shashevsky's final game, and you go and you beat them by double digits and just really stick it to them. And what it made me think of is like, what if Tennessee in Saban's like felt farewell year? Like, think about how much you would cherish that if you played him like in the SEC championship game and then you beat. <laughs> saving in that scenario just i can't imagine what that would be like as a fan to just forever you can't it's not like they can come back the next year and get you you have it forever there's no coming back from that 
like they can't resurrect themselves after that kind of a loss and you would have it forever. It would, it just has oh, to be yeah. the most gratifying thing ever. Oh my God. Without a doubt. And I, I credit uh UNC's basketball coach, first year basketball coach, Hubert Davis. Yeah. For that win. Because I read, uh, I read a column this morning about the game and about kind of what went on behind the scenes, the week leading up to the game. And Hubert Davis apparently in practice all week had UNC, Put pretty much put it in their heads like we're not going there for a party. We're not going there uh, for this going away party. We're not taking part of that. We're going there to win the game, and we're going to do whatever it takes to win the game. And they followed that up by saying there was like a a lazy pass where somebody on the scout team in practice stole the ball from a from a UNC starter. They said Dave, Hubert Davis just like lost his mind. It was like no, that is not that is not what we're doing this week. Like you're not going to you're not going to practice like this. You're not going to play like this. They said early, I, I didn't see most of the first half of that game, but early in the game, like apparently uh, UNC uh, Duke ran a similar play, UNC ran a similar play and, you know, executed it perfectly. And they're like, that goes back to how you practice and how the coach prepares you. So when you say coaching, uh, how does it really matter, you know, in basketball? What, what does it matter? It, it matters a lot. And uh, mm-hmm. that that's proof of it. But yeah, that's that's going to be a huge gratifying win for them over your 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 heated rival in the CL. I don't think, you know, UNC, dude, there's there's always been a little bit of hype for that game. Obviously, they're big rivals. I saw the coverage leading up to it. It's like they never even mentioned who Duke was playing all week. It's <laughs> just exactly. crazy. It was like insulting. What really bugged me about that college game day, it was almost like insulting to the rest of college basketball. Yeah, where they were just like, we're going to forget that the rest of college basketball exists and only talk about this one dude. Because it was a good weekend for college basketball. There's oh, a lot of good games. Yeah. I mean, it was essentially like regular season championship weekend. Yeah. I mean, it was there were huge games on. And they just ignored all of it for this one guy. And like, I, I genuinely appreciate Kay. He's one of the all-time great figures in college basketball. And, and what he's it's, built into he is re- unbelievable him retiring does make it makes me feel older maybe it does for you because i mean he's literally my entire existence he's mm-hmm. been the coach at duke I, I don't know any other way and that when yeah, something like that it's kind of like tom brady retiring it's like he's been a quarterback since i was a teenager it's it's weird when when stuff like that happens yeah it's it's kind of like you know when when tiger woods had his come up and i'm i'm a huge mm. you can actually see behind these bottles of whiskey right here i have uh i have tiger woods uh his instructional uh book that he wrote when he was younger i and it's like one of my favorite things that i have um no driving tips i assume no <laughs> no no tips about what medications to take or drinking habits but uh it, it was like when he finally fell off in 2011 and all of that stuff, you know, everything happened with his wife and all this stuff. Um, and it was just like, well, what am I supposed to do now? Like, this was mm-hmm. like my hero. This was the guy, like he, he was one of the biggest reasons I became like a golfer. Like, a, and, and I became obsessed with this ridiculous sport that makes me feel terrible all the time. And, you know, you just start sort of left with this void with K. Yeah. Do I like love the guy? No. But it's going to be weird to not have him on the bench. At, it's at, similar. At Duke. It's similar to 
like when LeBron James eventually retires, I think it's going to be a similar feeling where he's been in the NBA for almost 20 years. It's going to be more than 20 years because he's going to play with his son wherever his son ends up. I think it's like 2024, 2023, 2024 when he can be drafted. Uh, so he's going to play until at least then. So he's going to be into his four, uh, almost 40 years old playing. And I'm not a huge LeBron James guy. I, I've, if anything, I'd say I probably dislike him at times just because of his demeanor it kind of gets on my nerves I think he I think he puts on a bit of a show at times like everything he does seems very orchestrated and not organic at all and I can't I can't stand that but when he's not there anymore it's going to be a very strange NBA to watch with LeBron not being part of it yep Uh, 100% and I yeah I feel very similarly about LeBron not uh not a big Bron guy personally but I obviously, again, can just appreciate the fact that he was the best player for a huge yeah. chunk of my life. We're big um, John Morant people here, just in case anybody's yeah. wondering. <laughs> can we just say he's Jaws, Jaws Ed, man. He's the next there's not guy. A more, there's not a more exciting player to watch right now. He's, it, every single night, he does something that is unbelievable. I need people to understand. I know that there's a lot of like Tennessee fans that are like, I'm never watching the NBA again. And you don't have a tie to the NBA because we don't have a, a team really. There's no Nashville team. The Hawks don't really get people like the Braves do. Just nobody has ever really had a connection to the NBA. John Moran is in the state of Tennessee and he is the next superstar. Like you, the state of Tennessee like has that guy. Like he's mm-hmm. the next dude. He kind of like a Steph Curry, like the heir apparent to the throne so to speak in the nba like he is that dude he dropped 50 points last week uh in in a game and just think about how much people were freaking out about 56 for lebron this week he's he scored 50 last week and people didn't really talk about it (laughs) and it's fun to watch like lebron lebron there's a lot of jump shots there's a lot of kind of fadeaways backing the defender down just using your size and a mismatch there against maybe a, a smaller guard or a smaller forward Jaw's not that big. What is he like six three? But he can jump. Small. He can jump out of the gym. I mean, every time he dunks, his arm, his it's like the Vince Carter dunk where he could put his elbow in the rim every single time if he wanted to. It is unbelievable uh, just to watch him. So it's it's not just that he's scoring. There's a lot of guys out there that score efficiently. You look up at the end of the night and you're like, oh, they got forty points. Not with John Morant. You you remember every time he scores because it's. It's rarely boring. Spectacular. That's yes. the the word that I would use a lot about what he does. But this is not a Grizzlies podcast. <laughs> this is certainly not a Duke podcast. Now let's talk about what the people want to know. Football recruiting. Everybody, you know, we, we can talk on these shows about basketball and baseball and it's really exciting. And they're, you know, right now, both of those sports are infinitely better than football currently. Um, but at the end of the day, man, we see it on the back end of everything that we do. We see how many people read things and we see how many people watch what we put out or listen to what we put out. Nothing moves Tennessee fans like football. And right now, football recruiting, I mean, it is so funny. Like, I just can't emphasize it up. Basketball and baseball are so awesome right now. And we still, the biggest stuff that we had over the weekend on A to Z Sports, it was all about 
Tennessee recruiting. It was a huge recruiting weekend for uh, specifically a five-star quarterback that Tennessee wants very, very badly. And I, I love it. I wish that those other sports would get the exposure that football has and that much excitement maybe one day, but football is still King baby at at Tennessee. Uh, So let's do talk about it. Huge recruiting weekend with, uh, well, let's here, let's start here. Actually, before I get too ahead of myself, because we're going to have to say this kid's name. This is a five-star quarterback that Tennessee was hosting this weekend. And he's doing an interview with Austin price of VolQuest. This is a great interview. Go watch it. VolQuest.com. Um, and this is how we've been saying, I am a Leva, I am a Lieva, something like that, or, along those lines. And this is apparently how his name is pronounced. Here with five-star quarterback, Nico Ialmaliava. Nico, you... What? <laughs> Excuse me? I he said Eal Maliaba. So this is very much uh, this kid is I don't know his background but Pacific Islanders Hawaiian Samoan something like that and he's from California. Um Eal Maliaba is the name according to Austin Price and he's standing next to the kid and the kid does not like correct him or anything. I imagine Price probably had some guidance before going. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, a lot of practice. Uh, trying to I, blame him. I can't wait. If Tennessee gets this dude to play, <laughs> the butchering of that name is going to be spectacular. Bob right Kessling is already freaking out. <laughs> Bob is sweating. He's, yep. he's not sure what he's oh. going to say. <laughs> Nico. Let's go with Nico. <laughs> Nico seems to, be, seems to be what most people are doing anyway. Yeah, that that's what basically. Luckily, it is easy to spell. It, it is. is not difficult to spell. So yeah, on my end and our end of things, that that I'm thankful for that. It's even like it's kind of a catchy spelling, like I A M A L A V A. Like it does have a, of... a rhythm to it, kind of like Tennessee does. So yeah, T E N N E S. Anyway, um, so. This kid is in town, and I don't know that you could have a better visit no. for a player. This and and you know we can we can break down why Tennessee needs this kid. I think it's obvious. He's a five star quarterback. He's the number four quarterback in the class of twenty twenty three, according to two four seven Sports. Just right there at the top, unbelievably talented dude. Um, would fit perfectly into Josh Heupel's system. Would be a huge. Uh, I, I guess you could say class builder. He's a guy that you could get and then point to for other recruits and go, we got him. And so we got a great foundation going. So why don't you come down and we're going to build a national championship team. You know, you can say stuff like that and just getting, you just, you can't overstate it. It, it would just be so, so huge to get this guy. He comes into town. They put him up in the, in the Hyatt downtown, which is kind of the nicest hotel down there. It's like brand new, newly renovated, really nice. Then the weather is unbelievable. Then he goes to the Tennessee basketball game and sees an awesome win with a super hyped checkered crowd. Um, and then he goes to the softball game. He sees the softball team win and the weather is still awesome. 
and the weather brought out a ton of people in downtown. So like downtown is hopping and he's kind of seeing Tennessee or Knoxville sort of in its element when it's kind of just really nice and people are outside downtown sitting on patios doing all that stuff. Like he got to see the best of everything. I, I don't know how this could have gone better for this dude. And so you look at all of that. Do we actually have a realistic chance of getting this guy when you look at it, Zach? I mean, I, I, I feel like Tennessee does for sure. Um, we've talked about before the Arch Manning stuff with Alabama and Georgia and Ole Miss. Uh, he, he's not going to commit for a while. Nico's planning to commit in May. He kind of reaffirmed that this weekend in some, in some couple of interviews. Man, the, the kid looked like he had a great time. There was There was lots of videos on social media. And really, like you said, just a perfect weekend. You come into town and like he went to Miami on January 22nd for an unofficial visit. He's supposed, to, which is Miami's kind of getting up there in his recruitment. Mario Cristobal has done a great job down there. I think he's going to unofficially visit Alabama and Georgia at some point this spring. I think is what I heard. Maybe Oregon again as well. Well, nowhere that you go the rest of the spring are you going to see an atmosphere like what you what he saw on Saturday at at the basketball game where you know it, it's a packed arena fans are hyped there in general it didn't matter if Nico was in the building or not that wasn't going to change the atmosphere but on top of that atmosphere you get the we want Nico chant he gets to see how passionate the fans are there. I mean, he's, he's been to a Tennessee football game. He was at the Vanderbilt game to end the season, which is a, a good game to go to because, because Tennessee laid it on Vanderbilt. But you see that that wasn't, you know, that atmosphere extends beyond uh, the football team. And who doesn't want to be a part of a program like that, where they're just fans are that passionate. It's, it's really a shame. I know he got to go to the softball game and apparently, I don't know if you know this or not, but his cousin, is on the softball team is a sophomore on the uh, softball team that and hmm. the, they were close. I think he told uh, Ryan Callahan this in a uh, Go Vols twenty four seven interview. They were close growing up, uh, so it's not like it's just a random cousin. It's somebody that he knows well, and she's a, I can't remember her name off the top of my head, but she's a sophomore. So they would be there at the same time. I don't I don't think that's anything that's going to like make or break Nico's decision because I, I believe I've heard Tosh Lupoy. Uh, former linebackers coach at Alabama and has been in the NFL. He's an assistant at Oregon now, and he's also related to Nico. So he's kind of mm. gotten connections everywhere. I don't think the decision is going to come down to that, but it, it certainly helps. It, it can't hurt. But really, like you said, just this atmosphere that he got to experience, it, it's unreal. And, and it's it's completely organic. It, it It's just the way Tennessee fans are, and it's only going to build the better that Tennessee gets at athletics in general and, and football. So he said many times that he wants to feel wanted. He wants to go somewhere that really wants him. And you feel that at Tennessee, obviously. I mean, you saw pictures of him signing autographs already. Now, if you go to Alabama – you know they're so used to getting five star guys. I don't. I don't think you get that same treatment. I don't think you get it at Georgia. I don't think football is king in Oregon necessarily, like it is in Knoxville and Miami. It's kind of been well documented. You know that's a that town doesn't always embrace football the way that that program kind of deserves. I mean, the, the historically Miami's been a great program at times and they've struggled filling up the stands at times too 
it's a lot of people that aren't from Miami, you know, you kind of just end up in Miami. It's kind of like a, Atlanta or some other cities. So, I, I, yeah, I think what Knoxville has is a perfect match for what Nico's looking for specifically. I think with with this visit, you made great points there. Let me just say, I agree with everything. One of the big things in this visit that essentially nowhere else can replicate and so much credit to, to Tennessee for for making this a, a reality and getting this kid in before the end of the basketball season. We talk a lot about like fans can have an influence on recruiting. A lot of the time, that's not true. The tweets that you send to kids, don't do that. <laughs> don't tweet. Those it, won't help. They will only hurt. Yes. Don't, don't do that. But the, the chant at the game, the we want Nico chant in this interview with Austin price. He, he mentions specifically Austin asked him, what was your favorite part of the weekend? And he says it was the chant at the game. He said it made his mom tear up and that it was a video of his dad, like really enjoying it as well. And it's, and I can't imagine like, I have a kid, a 10 year old that that plays sports. If he was ever, I don't think he's going to be, but if he was ever remotely good enough to even be offered, and just a group of people was like, hey, man, we want you to come to school here. I can't imagine how that would feel. So let alone 20-some thousand fans. Yeah. It's, it's so, yeah, it's an unimaginable feeling because it just is like a foreign thing to 99.999% yeah. of the population. <laughs> Absolutely. And and so that that right there, the fans genuinely helped. Like that that is actually a big thing because you implanted – specifically into a parent's mind. And don't forget these are kids. This is an 18-year-old kid who still lives with his parents. You implanted in his mom's mind, in his dad's mind, this super special moment that they got to experience. And I think that is huge, a huge, huge piece that probably gets undervalued as just like, oh, that's a cool moment. But I think stuff like that can really set in with people. And so... Again, credit to Tennessee for getting this kid in before the end of the basketball season. And then, obviously, credit to Rick Barnes for having a good basketball team and beating Arkansas and creating that awesome environment and then having the fans. And then the fans coordinating because it was it was on Twitter. I mean, you saw it on Twitter before the yeah. game where people were like, at this point, we're going to chant that we want Nico and kind of like turn around, face him at the game, do the whole thing. And, you know, just all the way around. I think that is an actually big thing that happened when you're just talking about a, a kid that you, as you said, he has mentioned he wants to go somewhere that he is wanted. How can you feel more wanted than that? I mean, it's unbelievable. And it really expresses how much Tennessee needs uh, a guy like this right now and how much he would be valued by coming here, not just in NIL deals and you know monetarily, but just in, in general. He's... I think he even mentioned in this interview, if, if I'm thinking correctly, um, that he in that hotel that he was staying at, like people were stopping him and like asking for pictures. And you said asking for autographs and stuff. You just feel like a celebrity in the superstar. And that it's so big. You just I mean, that that's amazing. And Tennessee fans are the best fan base in America. It's absurd. And so I. I don't know. You never know how these kids really feel. But I think rest assured, 
Tennessee made an impression on this dude. I don't know how you could think otherwise. This could not have gone more perfectly. And and I don't want to say if you end up getting him, and this was a huge part of it, that this can be kind of an inflection point for the Hypo era at Tennessee. But let's say you do get him in May, and then you get a couple other big recruits because you got him and you get this snowball rolling. This could end up being a huge moment in, yeah. in Hypo's time at Tennessee, man. It yeah. really could. I agree. I mean, I definitely think it can be a turning point because, like you said, uh, uh, other guys will commit. He has this kid. If you haven't watched an interview with him, he's a very laid back, likable guy. I mean, he's just, he's kind of smooth. He, he, uh, this is kind of, I don't know if many people will pay attention to this, but I, I, I read a lot of recruiting interviews. Uh, the guys that VolQuest, Go Vols 24 7. Uh, they all do a great job of interviewing recruits. Not every recruit is easy to talk to. I've, I've talked to a bunch over the years. You can get a lot of one word answers where it's almost like, I don't even have enough to like publish anything here because nothing was really said. Like there's, there's nothing here. And I read, uh, Ryan Callahan's interview with, with, with Nico and Joe Vols 24 seven. It was way more extensive than what I'm used to seeing. He clearly gave, them a lot of his time and i'm sure there's stuff they didn't even use and i'm sure the the video there's probably more to his conversation with austin price too than what we saw but even that video it's it's like a four minute long video and he answered a lot of questions but just i think that says a lot about a kid just how mature he is um that that matters when it comes to winning games like you you want a guy that has ability but you want a guy that's a winner. You want a guy that's going to go out there and lead the team because we've seen quarterbacks that had all the ability in the world, but they were terrible leaders, Tyler Bray. And it just, you have to have that. And I think I see it in this kid. I agree. Uh, it's it's exciting. I, I hope that it doesn't just uh, turn out to be nothing but hype. I think obviously the before this visit, the prevailing narrative was that he was going with Oregon. You said it there. He has kind of a connection through Tosh Lapoy to Oregon. And hopefully Tennessee made a real dent here. Um, let's also mention that hilarious picture that they had oh, yeah. in the, the tunnel. I don't know if that tunnel has like a name, if it's like the memorial such it should. Such. They should. Uh, they I think it does. Monetize I, it in some way, though. <laughs> some it's, point. How I know it is, it's the tunnel you come through when you're a media member. Yeah. It's right there next to the media center. <laughs> That's the tunnel. That's how yeah. I, whatever it might be. I mean, called. it leads straight out onto the field, mm -hmm. basically. You just yeah. keep walking straight, and there's the gates and the goalposts and all that. Yeah. It's a big entrance right onto field level. And they, they brought in a, a Mercedes G Wagon, like a G Series <laughs> SUV. The, I think a lot of people would know like Kim Kardashian's car or whatever, you know, it's yeah. like one of those. Um, and they bring that in and he gets to pose in the car. Uh, Lord willing, they, they gave it to him. I frankly can, can Mercedes <laughs> Knoxville. Yeah. Like, we'll, we'll just ship this on over to California <laughs> and tell you, no, it'll be here when you get here. This is what you're going to drive around campus. Exactly. This is the car that you get when you get here. Um, Take that Nick Saban in your, dodge chargers or whatever you're handing out well you know what's crazy with these nil deals you had and, and it was specifically uh about like hinden hooker uh, i think if i'm remembering correctly you wrote about this at azsports.com um 
the Spire Sports, those guys, they they did an interview where they said that like for a guy like Hinton Hooker, who's a who's kind of the star quarterback for a team in the SEC, they're looking to get a seven-figure deal for a guy like that, which is that realistic? And eh, we'll see. But it's not just straight cash. I don't know if that's what you're getting at. Yeah. But it's there, it's everything involved because you bring in car dealerships and all these other exactly companies. And so I I'm interested to see going forward. Like we ha- we've seen going back years and years and years. I mean, when I was on campus 10, 10 years ago, that was even longer than that now, 12 years ago. Um, all, all the way back then, you had athletes. They were, yeah, they're driving like Dodge Chargers and, and stuff like that. That clearly a lot of the times it was like a something that they did not acquire themselves. I uh, you vividly know. remember Cordero Patterson in a like purple <laughs> Dodge Charger. <I> yeah. <laughs> it, but is it going to be like Aston Martins now? Is it going to be like Ferraris? Like you got to outdo. You got to outdo everybody else. You do literally. Like that's where do you, where do you go? And I know, dude, as a as a college kid, I'm I'm just a car guy in general. I just, I actually drive on a daily basis, like a sports car. I mean, I I'm a, a dork about it. Um, that would mean like the world to me to be able to get like a high end sports car. That's if that's the language that these kids are talking, let's get, hello, somebody, let's get a Bentley. I know uh, there's a car dealership right by my house that's like a ultra luxury dealership. Can we hook, hook them up? Hello. Come on, somebody. We got to get these kids in, in you know, G-Wagons and Bentleys. I don't care. Whatever gets them to campus. Obviously, Tennessee's going to have to spend some money to get Nico to Knoxville, but I hope that there's more that goes into his decision. Obviously, if there is, I feel good about Tennessee's chances because the family really seemed to enjoy this visit. He seemed to enjoy it. Um, and he and he really did. He had his whole family with him. But you do not want to get into a bidding war with Oregon and the Nike money. That's yes. Nobody's winning that, I, I don't feel like. And really, even if you do, you go all in on this kid. You you. I don't even know what it would if you got into a bidding war with with. Oregon and Phil Knight, what that would entail. But even if you go all in, then you've set the bar so high because everybody, everybody in that world is going to know what Tennessee spends to get Nico or any other top recruit. Like people talk, it's going to be knowledge kind of in the, in the high school world. You set the bar so high at that point that it's, I don't know if down the line, it'll even be worth it. We've talked about it in the past. This they're setting a market right now that's probably a bubble. Yeah. Um, that is gonna come down over time. Just as you get more market transparency, as you start to see, okay, this, you know, this level of kid got this much money, this level of kid got this much money, and it's gonna it's gonna adjust. It'll because yeah, largely bust at some point. Yeah. Well, and you just look like largely a lot of these kids are never gonna pan out and, and they're no. just not gonna be the star that you want them to be, uh, or or whatever the case may be. I look and forward to the recruiting recession of 2026. <laughs> yeah, it's coming. Well, watch yeah. out the the yield curve is inverting uh, <laughs> quickly. Um, but you know, it just unless it's even a situation like the cookie deal with Alante Taylor, you know, time in and time out with these deals, you're not really going to get much return on, on your. I I do notice. 
ones that I love currently, and I who knows how much money they're they're getting for this, but I've just seen on Instagram some kids from the football team are getting deals with Crystal, uh, and they just pop up, and it's just literally them like holding a Crystal sandwich, uh, and just is like, come down to Crystal at the thing. I love that. Who knows how much that's worth at this point? Yeah. But you, you know, it's. It's nice and simple. It gives you like, oh, that's a recognizable face. It's whoever Cade Mays or whoever it is. I don't know. Um, and and you get to have them endorse. But at the end of the day, like, how much is that truly worth? It's not seven figures. No, <laughs> I can tell you I mean, that much. There's definitely a value on it, but it's probably not whatever they're paying. But of course, I'm sure some money's being funneled. Yeah, you know, then that's how they're paying it. I think. I, I mean, for like a for a big star i can see how maybe it pays off a little i think most of the money there for for kids to be made legitimately is through the apparel deals uh and, and we're yeah. starting to see more and more of that pop up i don't know if you noticed i think it was nico's mom in one of those pictures it looked like she had a kennedy chandler t-shirt on so mm. uh, if you go back and, and look at some of the pictures that have been tweeted out there i think they're standing and I, I can't remember whether maybe outside of Neeland or something i don't know um yeah, it looks like she has a, a Kennedy Chandler shirt on. So that that was interesting. That is. Uh yeah, I I love um all of that stuff that you that you can finally buy like the jersey with the kid's name on the back. Yeah, yeah. Love it. That's I've wanted that like my entire time. I would have been wearing the heck out of those as a kid. Cause like as a kid, oh, I yeah. like I had I had the Peyton Manning jersey just without the name on the back but we all knew 16 was was peyton yeah my kid has one right now he wears with no no name on the back yeah just the 16 finally you can actually do that and and the money actually goes to the kid thank goodness which is what it should have been all along and we get ncaa football back yes that's yeah that's what i was getting at perhaps biggest of all yeah. Finally, we can get that back here. I think it's what 2024. They said it's coming back. I wonder what kind of money. I wonder what kind of money. Not get to do too economical here, but what kind of money players will be paid for that? And if there's like, if it's tiered, I mean, is the second string right tackle or right guard getting paid the same as the quarterback at Alabama for that I game? Feel like, but I feel like it has to just be. Like an equitable distribution? Yeah, the, just across the board. Just same thing. Like, hey, we're going to put you in the game for $2,000. And you just get two grand. It's kind of for everybody. I mean, it has... I don't know what it would be to because you're talking so many players if you include all the way through all of D1. I mean, that's so many players. That it's is. not... It is not like the NFL where it's just 32 teams and their rosters and their rosters only. I mean, I, I don't know. That's interesting. Um, seriously, I would love to know. I don't know how we could figure that out, but that it is supposedly coming. I mean, they didn't, they, they made like an official announcement and everything. So yeah. Uh, yeah. It's, I don't know it, if you, if you've seen this, it's kind of a, a different gear, just a little bit, but still has to do with apparel. Zakai Ziegler today is rocking a Tony Vitello. Uh, shirt jersey at his press conference <laughs> that's awesome <laughs> so if you don't know the backstory there tony vitello had a zakai ziegler shirt on at uh, the uh it was the auburn game right when he was sitting courtside yeah. and then ziegler hugged him after the game and didn't even know <laughs> who tony vitello <laughs> was that's incredible ah <laughs> uh, yeah you love you love when things come full circle like that
but it's nice. that kind of atmosphere that like really to to it's going to make Nico want to be at Tennessee. I mean that I, I just can't imagine not wanting to be a part of that. Like the vibes at Tennessee right now are as good as they've been. I mean, 20 years almost. I mean, I can't imagine a better time. I know the football team still has a, a ways to go, but they're clearly on the right track. We saw drastic improvement last year beyond what we thought we would see. And with baseball and basketball and everybody, I mean, Josh Heupel, Alex Golish, they're like at every basketball game. You see Heupel randomly at like a softball game tweeting out photos. Tony Vitello showing up to sit courtside at basketball games. Everybody's all in, and it's just like a big family. And I, I just don't know how you wouldn't want to be a part of that. Just the incredible energy around Tennessee right now. When when Fulmer took over as AD, as much of a disaster as that was, his talking point was always, yeah. "We gotta be pulling in the same direction." I mean, I just it's thought a, was that it's that amazing what can be accomplished when nobody cares who gets the credit. Like that was his exactly big quote. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I it's burned into my mind. I was because yeah. it's still that's one of the wildest press conferences I ever been to. <laughs> I mean, it just was a total clown show, um, kind of in a good and a bad way. But uh, finally, I think that's coming to fruition. It, it took getting another AD, <laughs> yeah. someone other than one Palmer. that actually knew how to do the job. <laughs> yeah, but hey. You, we paid for Danny White, and I think that you're starting to see that pay off. It appears that he may be a better athletic director than his brother is a basketball coach. So um, that's exciting. Uh, I agree. Some uh, breaking breaking news, if you want to. Okay, let's do it. Right before we were almost done, Tennessee has officially named Kelsey Pope their new wide receivers coach, who was oh! he was already on staff, and they've they've done it via a video where they kind of bring him out and announce it in front of the team. And it looks like the uh, team was pretty excited. So we even, that was a name we mentioned in our original um, discussion about mm-hmm. it is would Hypo be an internal hire guy? That feels right. That's, you know, that that's good. You, you just keep the consistency. If, if that video clip is indicative of anything, I think the, the kids probably like this guy. I, if, with a lot of guys like that, who are just sort of like, quote unquote offensive assistants that don't really have they sort of have an amorphous definition for who they are you know we don't know a ton about necessarily what he was doing probably unless you're just in the facility every day but now uh you know clearly he was around the kids know him that's great i'm i'm all for it and and it makes sense because we were kind of saying they needed to make the hire before this big recruiting weekend and essentially they already had. Yeah. So that's, that's good. I think um, it's good. I think, I think, like I said, we, we can get too caught up in names at time. Like, like David Johnson, you know, before David Johnson came to Tennessee, none of us knew anything about David Johnson. We didn't know who the wide receivers coach at Memphis was. I don't know who it is right now. Uh, he's just a name, but suddenly he's been at Tennessee. And once you're at Tennessee, everybody's going to kind of, have that kind of nostalgic feeling to bring you back, even if you weren't like a overly popular assistant for whatever reason, it's, it's kind of bizarre. The name doesn't matter. You know, Kelsey Pope will bring in, uh, will bring continuity to the staff. And I think that because of the way Josh Heupel's offense operates, I think that is way more important 
than any name that that Tennessee could have hired. So I think it's a I think it's probably the right move. Yeah, li- literally to my point about how like sort of the role of those guys is a little amorphous. Kelsey Pope, his his page on Tennessee's official website is just blank. It just says <laughs> offensive analyst, and there is nothing beyond that. It doesn't have his history. It doesn't have anything. <laughs> yeah, they don't want to fill that in. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm sure there will be some information uh, forthcoming. But uh, hey, that's that's good. It, it was sort of that was our theory of what was gonna happen anyway. Everybody was talking about all these. Let's go back to Trooper Taylor and stuff. I don't think that that was ever realistic, and it it just ended up being being somebody essentially that most of us have never. He was heard of. Uh, oh. he was the wide receivers coach and the passing game coordinator at Gardner Webb for a year before he came this past year to uh, Tennessee. Whenever Josh Heupel came, he was the wide receivers coach at Tennessee Tech for a year. And he was an assistant coach at Ohio University and an assistant coach somewhere else. He went to Samford University. It's it's kind of a it's kind of funny. It it once you get to a point as a coach, you don't have to update your LinkedIn page anymore. There is no LinkedIn page for Josh Heupel. You know he doesn't he doesn't need that. But it, Kelsey Pope still has a LinkedIn page, and I think. <laughs> At some point, though, I feel like when you become an assistant at Tennessee, you can kind of you don't you don't need it. You'll get a Wikipedia page. People will know who you are. You, they're not going to. Josh Heupel is probably not on LinkedIn looking for a wide receivers coach this past week or couple of weeks. That is that's really funny. You he, he does. I'm yeah. <laughs> I'm looking at it. He does have a LinkedIn page. <laughs> that's a really that genuinely congratulations to him. That's a really exciting opportunity. I I yeah. think you you can't really make an, enough of that in terms of the significance. It says he's only 29, man. I mean, he's young, younger than me. Um, and you, you're you going to start seeing that more and more. I'm a few years older yeah. than you and it, it, it doesn't get any better. <laughs> well, and, and it, it goes to our point because we had sort of a long conversation about this a couple of weeks ago when we were really breaking down the initial news of losing the wide receivers coach, being a position coach like that is just, quickly becoming exclusively a young man's game because mm-hmm. it just is all about recruiting now and recruiting is brutal. It, it just is. It's hard to have a family. It's hard to have a life when you have to commit the amount of time you have to commit to be good at that. Clearly they like this guy. Clearly he's doing a good job. And so I uh, think you, uh, you either move up really quick or you try to get a job in the NFL like that. Yeah. You don't stay a wide receivers coach for a lengthy period of time. Rarely. It's brutal. A, a brutal job, typically, um, just because a lot of those guys are hired for recruiting acumen a lot of the time. And I said that that was my one qualification. I'm glad that he has experience as a, as a receivers coach. Clearly, he was already working with the receivers as an offensive analyst. Um, but can he recruit? That was like my number one. That's more important than him being able to coach wide receivers because Josh Heupel's offense is just so good. Can this guy recruit? Hopefully he can. And I, Hey, that's, that's good. Congratulations to him. That's I'm sure he's getting a pretty sweet raise too. So that's awesome. And, and, uh, and just a really exciting opportunity. So we shall see uh, what happens there. Oh, well, I guess we can mention just on, on the way out, Tennessee did get a couple of, of recruits, got a transfer from Georgia Tech, um, who is a defensive back, 
and then an actual recruit from the class of 2023. The names mm-hmm. I'm just thinking Nate, of it all. Nate Spillman. But yeah, yes. And uh and so a couple of nice pickups for for Tennessee. It just was a, a three star. Um and then uh the you never totally know with a transfer. Um, but a transfer that was decently highly regarded, and obviously Tennessee needs defensive guys. Um, that's been true from the second Heupel showed up, and yeah. it still is now. Especially um, in the secondary, where this, yeah, you know, he's a defensive back that's coming, so that's huge with Alante Taylor, Alante Taylor, and Theo Jackson, uh, kind of exhausting. They were going off to the NFL. Yeah, that's not bad. So wide receiver, defensive back coming into Tennessee. Just mention that as we're going out, but otherwise. I think that's it. Any anything else uh, for the good folks at home, Zach? Before we go, no, I, mean, I feel like that covers it. We're probably could have went about two hours today. It felt like I looked up and saw it was well over an hour. So always yeah. plenty to talk about when it comes to Tennessee. And and we got in, uh, got to laugh at Duke. That's always fun. Um, got in the breaking news just in time. I'm, I'm shot. We're recording this a little bit earlier than we normally do, a few hours earlier. So we kind of got a little lucky there. Yes, perfect timing. Charlie Burris, Zach Reagan, thanks to everybody for listening. Uh, A to Z Sports Podcast Network feed, Apple, Spotify, and YouTube. Go to A to Z Sports on YouTube. Subscribe. Hit that little notification bell. And when it pops up right here at the end over my face, there'll be a couple of videos you can click on over Zach's face. There'll be a subscribe button, and you can just hit it there if you are on the YouTube and and just do us all a favor you know we all win in that scenario you get great content we get uh money (laughs) but um thanks for listening once again charlie burris zach reagan we'll talk to y'all next week see you guys later